Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Weekly, we are brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. Check out AllAccessMMA.com for a video podcast, MMA news, and MMA stories of the day. This week, we have the pleasure of bringing in at MMA Injury, Mr. Kevin Nicholson, physical therapist, uh, who, if you follow him on Twitter, likes to... uh, Fill us in on injuries, uh, especially on this show. He chimes in a lot. So it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, thanks for your time, Kevin. Uh, how's it going? It's going excellent. Thanks, guys, for having me on. This is great. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, so just for, for folks that, if you're just watching this for the first time, I mean, Kevin usually chimes in when we're doing um, picks for events, and he always has some some really specific background injury information. So if you're someone that likes making picks on on fights, it's usually pertinent to. I mean, at, at times, Matt and I have changed our picks because of the information <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Kevin chimes in with, and it turns out to be you know worthy of hearing. Um, so Kevin just started his own YouTube channel. He's been doing a newsletter for a little while too that I've I've subscribed to. So Kevin, can you just uh, talk us through like what the what kind of what made you want to start doing a YouTube channel, uh, and and like you know how you got into MMA overall. Sure. Um, I, I guess my story with MMA goes back many years. My younger brother, Jeff, got me started down this road. And um, back in 2009, we went to our first live event in Dallas, Texas. And I just was thinking, what what the hell? <laughs> what, what is this? Is this legal? <laughs> but uh, I was hooked from that point on. And um, you know, me, when I, when I say being hooked, it was, I guess, from a different angle because I am a physical therapist. I have been for more than 30, more than 30 years at this time. And, um, I was just looking at the injuries that these guys Mm -hmm. would fight through and then ultimately come back from. And over the years, I started writing some articles on things I was seeing on fan posts, bloody elbow, and, you know, a few other outlets and, just for fun, really. And the YouTube channel that I just started is really, that's really what it's for is just for fun. And I've just got to a point after so many years, I just feel like I have something to share Mm -hmm. a little knowledge of anatomy and human movement and what it takes to recover from injuries. And I guess that's it. That's what led me to start this channel. So no, that's great. I mean, we've had cut men on, uh, we've had doctors that are more interested kind of in the brain damage, I guess, taken in during a fight. Um, but but you kind of have your own little niche there with, uh, you know, the ligaments and the and, and the back and stuff like that. I, I mean, uh, people who followed the sport forever know like, you know, Tito Ortiz and his issue with his back. And um, it's cool to get the insight on some of that stuff. I mean, I wasn't even aware of half the stuff that you you've brought up uh, over time on this show. Um was there other sports that you uh, followed to get into the industry that you're in? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure where you're located, but uh, football, uh, hockey, anything like that, that um, you were into heavily before that also uh, has somewhat some of the similar injuries? Yes, I've been a uh, basketball fan um, since my youth, and I have uh, coached youth basketball leagues for mm. for quite a few years, and have my own injuries that I've dealt with over the years subsequent to basketball, but 
I guess maybe that was the entry into, you know, into, from the sports angle to it. But MMA was just different. I mean, you know, back in the day when fighters were recovering from injury, it was basically like, you know, rub some dirt on it and tape mm-hmm. it up and let's get back in there. Mm-hmm. But the sophistication has just come leaps and bounds with the UFCPI and some other some other angles. And, you know, it's something that I want to get into more. There's not a lot. I'm in Amarillo, Texas, in the Texas panhandle. And, um, you know, there's a couple of um, MMA-type gyms in, in this area. But, you know, maybe even doing some pro bono work for some athletes in the future is something I might want to do as well. Yeah, because that you know, there's that guy, I forget his name, but I, as soon as I mention, you're gonna know who I'm talking about. The dude that the chiropractor that's like always hammering people's joints back back. Into oh yeah, place. yeah, with the beard. Yeah, yeah, like like see, everyone's seen the guy. I don't know his name, but everyone's seen him. I mean, but as soon as you said you're launching the channel, that's li- literally where my mind went. I was like, you know what? Because I because again, I know you're a physical therapist and you have experience in that. Um, but speaking of your experience, I mean, you just mentioned you, there's that there's uh, gyms in in your area. Has any fighters or anybody that does any sort of combat sport come to see you for recovery treatment? No, I really haven't had that uh, pleasure yet. It's something that I would like to do at some point in the future. But mm-hmm. um, my job right now is in a rehabilitation hospital. I'm a mm-hmm. rehab director at a local rehabilitation hospital. Have been for years. Mm-hmm. So the people I work with are really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a little older, but not really that many athletes. Hmm. Um, but MMA athletes is something I would like to get into at some point in the future, I think. You mentioned Amarillo, uh, Texas, and the first thing that jumped into my mind was Evan Tanner. I'm not sure if uh, the nod ahead, obviously, yeah. you know, he was uh, he's from there. So uh, yeah. back in the day, there used to be some MMA events. I think he fought Heath Herring and uh, some of those guys in the I mean, this is 90s, yeah. 90s time uh, MMA. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. I, I remember some of those early events out in that that area. Um, so since you've been watching MMA uh, 2009. Uh, what's the, what's the worst injury that you think you've seen, uh, that somebody recovered from uh, among a big name fighter? Is there anything that jumps into your mind where you remember just being kind of fascinated that that person was able to return to the sport? Well, the, the first big one was Dominic Cruz and the litany of knee injuries that he Mm. had. And then I think a hamstring tear and I mean, just one after the other, and I remember listening to interviews that he did at the time where he talked about the inadequacy of the physical therapy that he had at, at the time. I think that was pre-UFC PI. Mm-hmm. But uh, the physical therapist, it was obvious to me that the PT working with him at that time really wasn't taking into account the kind of person he was and what he did for a living. And... Um, you, you you can't treat MMA athletes with, you know, laying on a table and doing leg exercises and things like this. You've got to train around the injury mm-hmm. and keep them training to some degree as they recover from injury. And, you know, that's good that that's becoming more the norm now. But uh, Dominic Cruz's injuries were just epic at the time. I wrote a long article about that some years ago uh, on another venue that was um, that went that dove into his knee injuries. Mm. Did he? You know, did he just keep tearing the same 
was it the same injury over and over again? Yeah, well, he he uh, ruptured his ACL twice on one knee and once on the other knee as he was recovering. That's right. Yeah, I, I remember the uh, one of the interviews where he talked about it a lot was when he was on with Rogan. Um, was that I think that's 2017. 2017 after he lost the title when he talked to Rogan, he had talked about how um, he, he kind of believed that the um, something about antibiotics he had taken a lot during his like youth kind of weakened his uh, connective tissue and that that he kind of cited that as a reason for for the injuries but um i mean are do you find that people are just prone to injury like there's people that are just you know their bodies did, are aren't matching what their hearts want them to do uh maybe that could be especially after a certain age i guess and so mm-hmm. many miles um in the fight game what I think happened with Dominic Cruz, and I don't know that he's ever said this, but the first ACL, uh, the first ACL surgery he had, as I recall, he used a cadaver ligament mm. as a replacement. And athletes will oftentimes go that route because the recovery can be faster. There's not as much surgery done to harvest the patella tendon, which is in the front of the knee, to actually use your own tendon. Uh, to replace that ACL. So the recovery is faster. But the thing is, there's good research that shows us that a cadaver ligament takes longer to incorporate itself into the knee. Mm. So I think he was feeling better quicker and started to do too much too fast. And pop, he was in the same boat again. Do you... uh... It, what would be if you were recommending somebody who who was a combat athlete? Um, is there other than just staying in general shape? Would you recommend uh, stretching over? I mean, what what would you would there be a certain anything you can do to really try to avoid those injuries? Or a lot of them just just bad luck. Um, there are there are some specific things, um, especially with well, speaking of knees, mm-hmm. with the female fighters. Um, there are some things, some aspects unique to being female that predispose women to ACL injuries. Hmm. One of those being, for example, um, weakness of the um, of the hip muscles that cause some abnormalities whenever they jump and land on their feet, some abnormalities in contact forces at the knee. So uh, working on hip muscle strength um throughout their fight training for as an example for a woman can be very important you know it's 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 um it's interesting that you say that because it just seems like if you i mean and you can chime in whenever you feel like but most common i mean we all know i think everyone that follows mma knows the uh the initials of the ligaments because they seem to be the most common injury no matter the promotion or level of the sport, ACL, LCL, it seems to be the knees. I mean, and I mean, I guess that's in never mind combat sport, just any contact sport where where quick, quick maneuvering and turns and stuff like that can happen. Um, is that what you've what you found since you've been following uh, mixed martial arts? Yes, uh, knees and shoulders. Mm. Um, and there's even some research I was looking at recently that looked at. Uh, injuries by area of the body of the MMA athlete. And I believe it was knees and shoulders or mm. 
pretty far and away the most commonly injured. Um, I think, however, and uh, one of the other PTs I communicate with on Instagram thinks also, I think MMA athletes come back from knee injuries at a higher, to compete at their high level mm-hmm. at a more robust clip than athletes in general. Mm. Um, you know, like soccer athletes, football, getting after an ACL reconstruction, getting back to that high level of performance can be a, a big problem. Mm. Um, and there's a high percentage of them that don't get back to that high elite level of performance. Mm. I don't think that's the case with MMA athletes. And I don't, I don't know that there's any research out there that proves that, but, but that's just what I think, what I see. You know, you know, it's funny that you say that a fighter I just spoke to, and I'm sorry, his name escapes me. One of the interviews I did, I interview a lot of regional fighters for expectation sports. Um, and they have, they, we literally have like MMA regional events every weekend over at expectation sports. And, a couple of weeks ago, I just spoke to a fighter that came back after a long layoff, had a, a knee, the you know surgery for, on his knee for the injuries we're talking about, and he literally just said in in the interview um, that the, not only is did he you know recover, it's actually better than it was before. So I'm wondering. I mean, and I I feel like I've also read like the uh, something about getting back to to training or moving sooner rather than letting it just rest heal on its own kind of helps with the, the recovery and, and everything setting back in can, can make it help, uh, help make the, the everything heal, uh, not just, you know, faster, but better than, than right. it was before. Right. Early movement and mobilization, just mm-hmm. about with, with, with any joint injury, especially with an athlete is very important because I mean, Years ago with ACL reconstructions, you know, you were in a brace and you had surgery and you weren't weight bearing for weeks after the surgery. Um, that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. Early mobilization, early control of the knee just to be able to walk is a very important keystone of uh, recovery. Kind of maybe an off the wall question, but uh, as, a, as a baseball fan, one of the big surgeries that uh, has really become something that almost guys almost seem to want to have nowadays is called is the Tommy John surgery uh, on their elbow. Um, do you know of any MMA fighters that have ever had that surgery? And um, I know that most of that's, if I'm, you know, I'm not a physical therapist, but I believe most of that's from like the torque on the elbow um, from throwing like curveballs and, and off speed pitches. Um, do you foresee that ever becoming a, a problem in MMA uh, on that part of the arm and that part of the elbow? That I think the most recent example of that that I can think of is um, Jessica Rose Clark when mm. she she had a horrible uh, arm bar, uh, and it was it UFC was UFC two seventy two against uh, I think it was a Russian girl. Right, uh, I was at that fight. Yeah, I, that was nasty. It oh, it was horrible. And she, you know, right away the if within the next few days she was very uh, prolific on her Instagram account about about the injury and um, she was headed for surgery, but she has recovered completely without surgery. And um, I expect her to get a fight booked anytime, but um, I followed that very with a lot of interest because mm. from what I could tell, that's essentially what that was ulnar collateral ligament rupture. Um, the, the, 
the uh, Tommy John type injury, if you will. And uh, she recovered amazingly for it. It was very interesting to follow. How do you, um, I mean, do you ever find yourself, um, like, as far as just keeping up with all the injuries? Because you seem to have, especially when we're doing our picks and you chime in, you always seem to have some some sort of, uh, like, it's almost like you have a, a, a his, like a backlog of, of information, especially when it comes to a specific fighter. I forget who it was when you mentioned the, somebody that, that just fought. Uh, one of the last few picks we did, Matt, that had the hand injury that he was recovering from. Fought a couple of events, maybe one of the last two events of of last year. Um, I can't I, I can't remember who it was, but just how do you how do you keep up with it all and 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 keep up all with all the specifics? Are are you keeping notes or is it all yeah. just up here? <laughs> Google spreadsheets. Mm. I've got a spreadsheet that I um, that I update whenever I you know with ones that I want to follow to some some degree. I mean, I've, there's so many injuries. It's it's impossible, yeah. impossible, you know, with a full time job and everything to keep up. But um, I've got a Google spreadsheet. It's accessible anytime, even on my phone. And I, I hear something, I'll pop in the bathroom at work and uh, update my <laughs> Google spreadsheet on my phone. But yeah, um, even uh, the the uh, Chinese fighter that was supposed to fight Pedro uh, is out with an injury. And uh, Modestus Bukowskis, who himself is an amazing recovery story after that, his knee was wrecked by Khalil Roundtree, mm. but he's back to fight Pedro now. And um, that I saw someone else uh, posted something about that. Uh, I can't recall the Chinese fighter's name that had to pull out, but it's a possibly a flare-up of a long-standing injury. Well, that's the type of thing that gets me interested hmm. because, you know, long-standing injuries that flare up, the first thing I'm thinking of is a spine problem, a low hmm. back pain. Low back pain can be extremely debilitating, and you don't know sometimes when it's going to hit. Um, Derek Lewis, he had that issue for a long time back a few years ago. I think the fight you might have been referencing was Alex uh, Morano. Did he? Was he the one that had hand injuries against uh, Ponzinibbio? I think might have been the maybe might, so. Gosh. Might have been the fight. I, I yeah. think that was the one. Uh, looking back at uh, the last couple of events. Um, so your your uh, your YouTube channel. You kick that off with a episode uh, about uh, Jessica Andrade as she prepared to fight Lauren Murphy uh, this past weekend at UFC 283. Um, I listened to it again. Uh, before the show, just to get a, get a fresh account. And uh, basically, I mean, you know, she didn't look, you, you pretty much nailed it. She didn't really show any signs of injury. She came out in her full on, uh, you know, without better word, bull rush style of just constant attack uh, through with the power that um, she didn't lose any power. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to really see, uh, you know, the only thing that I don't recall in the fight, her ever trying to really pick up, uh, Murphy and, and a slam. So that might be something, uh, a story to be told down the line. Um, but I mean, it sounds to me like in your first video, <laughs> you nailed it uh, better than uh, me and Ed did with our picks. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah. Picks were horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, Brandon, uh, Brandon I, was I, the only one I got right. Brandon Moreno was the only one I got right. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of regret not buying the pay-per-view, but I've, I, 
be honest with you here. I've I've gotten a little more selective mm-hmm. as the price keeps going up and up with the UFC events. Oh yeah. Um because I mean that's that's a that's a nice chunk of money. Hmm. And I play games with myself in my head and I'm like, man, what if, what if it's just nothing and there's nothing to any of the fights and nothing that I really find interesting because I always want to find something interesting with mm-hmm. the way a fighter moves or the way they're not moving or how they react to a kick, things like this. But mm. I guess I should just bite the bullet and do it, huh? Well, that's the th- but you, you make a really good point. If you bite the bullet and do it, then you're going to put yourself in the poorhouse because it's like $100 a pay-per-view now. So, so you can't really bite the bullet and do it. I mean, unless you watch it through, as Matt and I like to always say, other means. Yeah. Um, you know, but but um, it's funny that you, you what you just said made me think of because you know over in the middle of the night they announced uh, UFC 286, uh, Usman Edwards uh, three, and Justin Gaethje Fiziev is on that card, and I'm look as I looked at the whole card because I get the press release for it. I'm looking at the whole card and I'm just like. I mean, and you, you follow the podcast, so you know the only fight I care about is Justin Gaethje and Fizio. <laughs> and I'm just like, because you know the rest of them are kind of just like, meh. I mean, it's like that's one that that you know, you, that's going to be hard to sell that one. I mean, Justin Gaethje, you know, is an immediate buy for me. But when you look at the price, like you said, I mean, and the yes. economy and everything, it, it is hard. It, it's getting hard to be uh, a, a hobbyist of watching. Uh, Makes martial arts and especially the UFC these days. So, do you find yourself watching other promotions more now? Um, I started getting into PFL a little bit. I I really enjoyed some of the PFL fights. Mm-hmm. I haven't really, I didn't really dig into them a whole lot. I just kind of watched as a fan when I whenever I could. So, but I wasn't going to buy the pay per view for <laughs> to see Car- uh, no. Harrison. <laughs> no, so. no, 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 no. Uh, but. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it's as, as somebody who attends events and sees the yeah. ticket prices now. That's it's it's definitely changed my uh, my perspective oh, yeah. on on being able to go to the events uh, now because it's becoming as you've, we've talked about a million times. It's becoming kind of a one percenter um, <laughs> to 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 keep up like yeah. we used to do it in, back in the day. Um, have you guys ever seen that movie Game Night? <laughs> Where, where one of the conversations they have is that there, there's rich people fight clubs. Like the, that's their party now. They have these rich people fight clubs. Oh. It's like the UFC is becoming the rich people fight club now. Yeah, but, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, it goes that to... way. No, no. I mean, that, that it's you know we don't need to rant on that. We've done it a million times. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I guess just, uh, you know, I'm kind of done with questions. Um. Do you, do you have an, a topic for your next show? Is there anything we can look forward to? Uh. And what are you going to try to do it on a uh, certain day of the week? Are you going to try to do multiple a week? What's your kind of what's your plan going forward? Well, I want to do one a week for sure. Um, I've, you know, I may at some point in time get into some uh, doing a live bit after a fight, uh, after a fight mm-hmm. card when there's a, something of interest that I want to put up. But coming up, I'm probably going to do a video just looking at um, looking at kind of how I watch fights mm. specific to the shoulder and the knee for fighters who are coming back from surgery yeah. on those specific joints, and some fight specific fighter breakdowns like I did um, mm. this on my first one. Next, probably Casey O'Neill coming back from ACL and Tatiana Suarez. Oh my gosh. 
with her being out so long. Um, she's just, uh, uh, there's just so much to talk about with her. So mm-hmm. those are things I'm looking at in, uh, over the coming weeks. Is there something like that you look at when you see a fighter returning off of, off of as somebody that has the experience of helping folks get over, you know, get, getting their mobility back and stuff like that. Is there something that you look for when you see them coming back to fight as, as like, if it's, a, if, if it is a neat thing, do you look for missteps in their movement and stuff like that to see if they're still, if they're coming back too early? Like what's, what's something that you catch that, you know, the layman like us just watching these folks face off at weigh-ins wouldn't see. Right. Well, speaking of knees, um, when a fighter comes back from an ACL reconstruction, the one thing that I always look for is if they take a hard kick to the outside of the leg Mm. of the operated leg placed right at the knee. I want to see what happens to their leg. Mm. If it goes into what's called a valgus position or an inward buckling, Hmm. Um, or if they just, you know, if they switch their stance right away and they don't change back, you know, these little things tell me that that hurt or that bothered them and they weren't really prepared for it. But those kicks to the outside of the leg for those patients, for those patients, for those Hmm. fighters that have had ACL reconstruction, that's one of the things I always look for. Hmm. Yeah, I always cringe seeing John Jones yeah. do that. You know, <laughs> oh stop, God! You know? <laughs> he, he changes fighters. Yeah, that you know, it's funny you're saying that because that's actually what I was going to ask. When you see that happen, as somebody that's on the other side helping people get over the the outcome of of those attacks, I mean, does it make you cringe more? And you see, I mean, as somebody like I'm, I'm, I've been doing martial arts over thirty years of my life. I've seen some pretty bad things. I've had injuries myself, and I've seen some pretty bad things happen. Nothing as serious as to what happens to the, because I'm a hobbyist versus these professional fighters. So nothing as serious as what happens to them. But even still, like, I find myself, I, as somebody that, like, I have a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I have knowledge of on how to, you know, bend people's limbs the other way and things like that. But still, when I see it happen to the extreme, for instance, um, did you see the, uh, I don't know if you watch one championship, the Mikey Musimechi, um Mongolian dude's leg that he literally oh, yeah. separated, just destroyed yeah. his knee. Yeah, yeah. So when you see something like that, are you just like, "Oh God, I hope that guy don't send that guy to Amarillo, Texas"? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That yeah that was that was an extreme injury. I I think he ruptured every ligament in his knee. I mean, that's a someone was talking on on some one of the social media platforms about mm. you know you know. He might be back w- within a year, but I I just don't see that mm. that kind of an injury. That's a year and a half, I'm sure. Yeah, they read off the list of the injuries. I mean, it was all the ligaments, so MCL, ACL, all the all the L's, <laughs> and then the the ankle break at the end of the, at the end of the leg, like breaking yeah. the bone. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy literally, I mean, I was probably crying more at home watching that happen <laughs> than he. I don't know how people do that, but um. And even Musumeci was uh, for a while messed up over it. And I saw he did an interview with SCMP, the folks that the, the South China Morning Post, who they cover one championship a lot. And on their YouTube channel, he kind of just said, yeah, it was bothering me. But the opponent, the guy that received the injury was like, no, it's part of the game. Don't worry about it. Congratulations on your win. So he's kind of trying to own it. You know, if you know anything about Musumeci, he's, he's, like he's like a weird nerdy kid, but 
you know, I, I wouldn't say that to him and then want to go grapple with him because obviously, um, but yeah, I agree with you. And then he'd spin your leg. Around. <laughs> yeah. Turn it the other way. Yeah. Um, can you know, they, the, the quote I heard about that, they compared it to like a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. And I know some people have been in motorcycle accidents and, and they were lucky basically to keep their leg. Yeah. Um, can you suffer an injury like that and it and and it cost you your leg or is are we so good with our doctors now that basically you're going to get some kind of use i mean let's say he never competes again is there a potential chance where you can't you can't walk or or do we are we to the point where we can pretty much get it to the, get him to be able to live a semi you know normal life yeah from a just from a purely surgical and rehabilitative standpoint, yes, that, you know, people recover from things like that all the time, whether he'll compete at the level he has been competing at, I don't know. But as far as losing the leg that you mentioned um, in your question, the risk there is because of the surgery that he's going to have to have, which will be extensive and maybe even more than one, by the way, Mm -hmm. is um, the risk of infection. Because you get an infection in something like that, and then the uh, surgically repaired or replaced ligaments get infected, then you're you're on a um, you're on a road of pain um, from that point. That that's where the risk of something like losing a leg would come from, I think. Mm. Um, do you? Because I mean, it's almost like a, I don't want to say it's a new niche for the sport, but like. I'm adding you to this list. Obviously, that's why I subscribe to your newsletter and your channel, um, which, by the way, is in the description. It'll be in the description of, of the audio and video version of the podcast for Thank folks you. that want to subscribe. Um, you um, do you follow anyone else? That's kind of the, like there's because I follow uh, Dr. Brian Sutterer, who has a YouTube channel. He he's covers. Good. Yeah, he's really good. Um, and he does all sports, not just combat sports, but he almost does almost every single like any any significant injury that goes viral. He does a very good breakdown. And then there's Dr. David Abisi, who who I know he does a lot of stuff on Twitter. I don't know if he has a YouTube channel as well. I'm sure he does. And a couple of other people out there. So like, I mean, it seems to be like there's more folks like, like that and like yourself that are growing. Do you follow any of those? Obviously you follow, you said you follow Sutter. Is there anyone else that you follow or recommend? Oh yeah. Um, Dr. Steve Mora, M-O-R-A. He's Mm -hmm. an orthopedic surgeon in California. And he works a lot on um, MMA athletes. Mm. He posts outstanding content on surgical, um, surgical videos from j- for just about everything. Mm. Um, also, um, Mike Pakowski, and I might be pronouncing his last name wrong. He on Instagram. He's he goes by Doctor Kickass. <laughs> he's a BJJ <laughs> black belt, but he's oh, also nice. a physical therapist. And he, po- I mean, his insight is just really good because he, he is, he's a, B, he's a BJJ practitioner. Yeah. He's active and he does, <laughs> that's his focus of his uh, mm. PT practices is uh, injured MMA athletes. Mm. Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons we like to have, we have, uh, we have him on almost annually now, Dr. John Lucas, who's a, he's, a, he's, a, I mean, he's, a, he, he's, works in the emergency room in south carolina but he's also the state ringside uh physician and i know he's got an event going on this weekend that matt's going to talk about in a little bit but um 
you know, he's he's a purple belt Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu too, and follows you know train he trains at at Wonder Boys Gym, so he's somebody that's connected to the sport too. That I think I think guys like that they have it, you know, their passion gives them a unique eye for it, and that's the same thing I'm noticing with with you, you know, with with the work that you you have third. I mean, you've got more experience doing PT than and that's you know more years doing that than the sport. You know, the UFC is about to turn thirty. You said you've been doing it for thirty plus years. So I think the I think the insight you're going to have, especially with as the sport gets bigger, um, it's going to help a lot of fans and people that just want to know more about, especially when it comes to recovery, because injuries are always gruesome, and then you see them, and then you kind of just you know most people kind of forget about a fighter, but someone like yourself can say, well, we can see them in in you know certain amount of months based on the injury and your experience. So I think that's something right. that uh, that folks that listen to this podcast would like to to get into that's that's absolutely right that's that's what i hope to offer just a little insight on another i guess i guess that's my lane in mm-hmm. mma uh is fighter injuries rehab and recovery you mentioned john lucas and uh reason you know one of the reasons to bring him up this weekend he like you said since he joined the athletic commission for south carolina they were able to uh get a deal done with uh bare knuckle making it legal in the state of South Carolina. And uh, they had a BYB event uh, in December, uh, but BKFC makes their debut this Friday night for BKFC 35. A um, few names of note on the card. Andy Wynn uh, never fought in the UFC, but uh, fought in glory and, and or lion fight on about glory uh, and, and King of the cage and a bunch of the more regional shows. She, uh, she gets back in the BKFC circle. Uh, Paul Teague, if anybody remembers his infamous <laughs> interview on this uh, podcast, uh, he, he returns uh, against uh, apparently local uh, hero out there. So that that should be interesting. And uh, Yos Denise Cedeno, uh, who fought in UFC, mm-hmm. um, I think I fought, saw him fight at UFC. I want to say one seventy one, uh, might have been sixty seven, but um, he 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 is the headliner uh, on the card. Um, as he's uh it's for it's a title eliminator fight at Walter Waite. So those are oh also Marcus Brimage, who most people probably will remember from losing to Conor McGregor. He mm. he fights on the card as well. So um that's this Friday night. Um it's also free on fight. They tweeted it out. So there's not a ton of fight uh, action going on this weekend, but if you have the fight app on mm. Friday night they're uh they're doing a free broadcast of the of the event. So um if you're not super familiar with bare knuckle fighting, um, it's a chance to get a nice little taste of it. And uh, I'm sure you'll see Doc, Doc Lucas in the in the cage working his <laughs> magic and uh, uh, trying to uh, save or allow, allow fighters to continue to compete. Um, I guess of other quick note that, we, you know, we mentioned we did the picks for UFC 283. The main event that night, uh, 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 Glover Teixeira versus Jamal Hill. Um, Hill takes the decision. Uh, I'm not sure. I know you said you didn't watch it, Kevin. I don't know if you read up on that, but it was pretty much a one-sided beatdown. Um, Glover did his thing as far as showing the heart and the toughness of a of a of a champion, mm-hmm. which he was. Um, it is, um, but he left his gloves in the ring along with Shogun Hua, um, two guys who I, uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> spent the last 20 years of my life watching. So it was it was sad to see it, it end that way, but. Um, you know, uh, I mean, just two great, two great ambassadors of the sport, um, and and Shogun, a guy who 
came back from several injuries um, over his career. I lost count of his knee injuries 10 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. <laughs> his arm. You know, an idea for an old show yeah. that would get some old heads like me interested is if you went back through the kind of the, the history of MMA and maybe documented some of those guys that uh, some of those injuries before there was a lot of social media and stuff and we learned about them. Um, you know, I know Fedor fights next week. His issue was always a broken hand for about a two, three year period. Mm. Um he seems to have avoided the, the knees and shoulder issues, but might be a topic, uh, you know, especially on a down week to jump into, you know, you know, you mentioned Dominic Cruz earlier, but um, you know, that, that would be something to, you know, maybe as guys start getting in the hall of fame, I don't know if Aldo had a history of uh, many injuries, but that kind of stuff uh, mm. might, might be, might be something for some, uh, for some topics for your show. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you, you want to get in? I see you're taking notes too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I want to give you a couple just because you mentioned that as as uh, you know we said knees and you said knees and shoulders were the were the were the the top of the list for like injuries. I there I felt like there was like a month within the same month um, when T.J. Dillashaw's shoulder popped out. Um, just before that, uh, the similar injury happened to um, Aaron Pico over at Bellator. Where he literally tried to pop it back in place. I don't know if you saw that, but it's on YouTube now. You should definitely give it a, a watch. Yeah, Bell's, I think he where, injured his shoulder worse trying to get it back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, that's just something that um, I mean. It's, again, when I think about guys like you and and Dr. Brian Sutter and people that see us stuff like that, you got to be sitting at home saying, "What are you doing? Like, yeah. what, like why are you? What's wrong with you?" Especially Aaron Pico was trying to act like he was all right. Like yeah. he could still fight, whereas TJ Dillashaw was like, "No, I'm done. This is this thing ain't working." So, yeah, there, well, <laughs> there's just a, there's a lot of fighters right now with shoulder injuries. Besides mm -hmm. um, TJ, of course, Yuri uh, is out. And um, what's your take on Brandon Royval? We've had him on the podcast, and he seems to have like every joint in his body pop loose when he gets ready for a fight. I feel bad for him because the guys. Again, he's a guy that his heart is into it, but his body's not agreeing with him. Right. That's uh, that's. I don't know what to think about him. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, just, I, I I just wonder if there's something. I don't know something with connective tissue or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel bad for him because it seems like again, it seems like one of those things that it's just like it's not something he can help. It just seems like he's got like a Gumby body that he he can't. <laughs> You know, and I'm I'm not trying to insult him. I actually, yeah. we had him on the podcast. I mean, he's, he said he's he's trying to be like Miguel, the next Miguel Torres, and me and Matt were like, we're all about it. But you know, unfortunately, like he's a little bit, he's a little bit too much like Miguel Torres in the <laughs> sense that because Miguel Torres, like he had his leg kicked like you know the wrong way, right? That's what ended his career, um, I, I, in a kickboxing match, if I'm remembering correctly. But it's just like Jesus, man. I mean, some of these guys, I mean. I think that's what draws us to the sport too, like especially hobbyists or and fans of martial arts. It's like you see these guys; they're just their their minds are are someplace else. But um, you know the um, the Grand Prix that Bellator just had, um, it was supposed to be Aaron Pico in that, and be his shoulder still not. I forget how long ago that happened, but like what what's and, and just off the top of your head, based on you seeing shoulder things and like what. What's the recovery time for something like that for a shoulder just completely popping loose? Well, if if there's rotator cuff damage along with joint damage, like the uh, the labrum, the, mm -hmm. the 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 part where the the shoulder sits on, which is actually part of the shoulder blade, 
Mm -hmm. um, if the labrum had to be repaired, um, as well as the rotator cuff, as well as the capsule, I mean, mm. th there's potential for all of those to be damaged with such a frank, absolute dislocation like that. So I don't know the details of uh, what happened with him, but uh, all of those things kind of stack up on each other to prolong mm. a recovery, uh, especially with a shoulder. And the bad thing about the shoulder is, is it's so mobile. Mm. Um, there's not a lot of inherent stability. Stability is provided primarily by muscle uh, muscle tissue. So, you know, like whenever a punch is being thrown, that's yeah. like the transfer point yeah. of power from the legs. And if the shoulder's messed up, then it's, you know, that's a problem. But he's going to be out a while. Yeah. For sure. I forget who it was in boxing. I remember someone in boxing uh, threw a hard jab or a hook or something and just swung their own arm out of the socket. I, mean, I think we've seen it in MMA too. I mean, it just is, is Junior that. Junior Dos Santos did it. Um, there you go. Yeah. Against Castro and Eagle FC. Mm, yeah, yeah. He, he, he threw his arm out with a punch. Those are people that have probably done that before. Mm. And it wasn't to a point of needing surgical repair. Even with TJ, I think maybe he had had a shoulder surgery before, but, you know, it, even he had said it was coming out all the time in the, his fight camp leading up to that Sterling fight. Is is that something? Because like, <laughs> to me, like like like, if something pops out of place, is it automatic? You need surgery, or I mean, are you supposed to just live your life with this shoulder that pops in and out? Like, like, uh, what's his name in Lethal Weapon? Like, it seems like it just seems like uh, it just seems like it's that shouldn't be a thing. I don't know. No, no there. Um, uh, probably if it happens once, you're more prone for it to happen again. However. Mm -hmm. If it's caught soon and treated appropriately, um, people can go on and lead their lives. I've had numerous patients over the years, mm. albeit not MMA athletes, mm. but um, I, I worked for years in a veterans hospital and treated, um, I mean, just some ungodly injuries from mm. combat mm -hmm. um, with some of these veterans and shoulder injuries was among those. And trying to avoid surgery. And we did pretty well with those, with those guys, getting them back to a level of function where they could trust that their shoulder wasn't going to you know, mm. dislocate with simple movements. Mm. Oh man. Well, listen, it, it was uh super interesting to talk to you and help. I mean, I hope you, your appearance on this podcast, so hopefully our audience can become your audience too. And, um, uh, it's definitely something that, uh, I mean, I, I could talk to you forever. I, I, I know I keep, <laughs> throwing questions at you but I, it's something again as somebody that's that's over the hill and still training and worried about his own joints yeah. uh, you know then when then covering a sport uh for all the outlets i write for and when i see stuff like that happen guys like yourself and stutterer and abc and all these guys and i noted the, the two folks you told me about so i can start following them too um we definitely like to have you back on this was definitely a, a enjoy enjoy i enjoyed doing this um, I'm sure Matt did too, but um, let folks know where they can find. I know you're on Twitter, and I know you got your your newsletter. Did you have it on review, or you move it to Substack, or after your newsletter? No, it is on Substack. Okay. It's the uh, MMA injury, the uh, mm -hmm. MMA injury update, and I'm on Twitter at MMA injury, and that's the name of my YouTube channel. So, 
Pretty How simple. long have you had that Twitter handle? It's amazing you managed to get MMA injury without <laughs> having, <laughs> had... 21 behind it. <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually got that handle twice. I, oh, I was wow. on Twitter for a while, and I threw a big fit whenever John Jones and uh, Gustafsson had their second fight. Remember when he popped for, what was it, Terenaball? Ter- and they moved, and it, they moved to it to California. Uh-huh. I had tickets for that fight in Vegas. Oh, I ended and up with tickets like, in LA. I was like, I'm done. I mean, I, <laughs> I shut down my Twitter. I stopped talking to anybody about MMA injury. And then I, okay, I guess I don't need to get back. You know, after a while, I just missed it so much. And it was still there, MMA injury. So I started all over. That's, That's funny. Incredible. That's a great question, too. I didn't yeah. even think about that. I'm like, yeah, how did you get? Yeah, because there's there's uh there's uh MMA gods and analytics and analysts and this and that and I'm, I'm just like, I mean, look at mine mine my my handles my gamer tag like <laughs> back when I used to play video games against people online, like literally before. Yeah. And Ultimate. the original MMA hawk has one post from 2008 and still has the name locked in. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, so uh, at MMA injury. Uh, Kevin Nicholson PT is how I found you easiest on YouTube. Um, you, your page popped right up. Uh, descriptions in the dis- uh, podcast. And, and this I noticed you had too. an Instagram page. Is that pretty much defunct right now? No, I, I, I just don't do a whole lot on, um, on Instagram, but I do have, uh, I do that mainly for following fighters and um, creeping on their training after, <laughs> after injury. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, nice. that's, yeah, that's pretty much why, I mean, I'm, I try to be more active on Instagram too, but I, I use it more for the same thing and looking at hot chicks. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fans can always check out the show at combat hour on Twitter, coast to coast combat hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow edit Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram and old head carb on Twitch. And as always, you can check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast. And we don't usually mention it, but our YouTube channel is uh, the Blogboard Jungle. Uh, so that's another way to uh, look us up on YouTube if uh, if you have a trouble uh, Google search or just searching Coast to Coast Combat Hour. So uh, thank you for your time, Kevin. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's been best a pleasure. Of luck with your with your with your show. Thanks I for love making your time, show, man. Thanks for letting me on here. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you for listening, everyone, and have a good night.